Welcome to the Artist Exchange Radio Show here live only on BeExposedRadio.com. Today, we're going to talk a little bit about business and all that job. But before I do, don't forget, you can give us a call and you want to join in on the conversation if you're watching this live on Facebook or YouTube at 443-642-9403. You can text us or you can call in. And don't forget, if you're looking for a new platform, if you want, if you've been thinking about a show, if you have an idea, if you already have a show, you're looking for a new home, hit us up at info at beexposedradio.com and the subject bar, put Nate, I want a show, and we'll help you get on the air and popping. Right now, we're all virtual, so it's very easy. You over there, we over here, and we're getting it all together. Um, and also... Uh, don't forget the Artist Exchange comes on every Monday and Friday from 5 p.m. to 6.30 right now. So uh, without further ado, today's conversation was birthed because I had a couple shows at the beginning of our quarantine series of, of the Artist Exchange on business because I noticed a lot of people were starting to um, add businesses or start fresh businesses or partner and or people were you know, taking advantage of like the, the um, pandemic and opening up a brick and mortar restaurant and so on and so forth. And I had a lot of people who, because of the people who I was bringing on, they were asking questions and I got tired of just filtering all the questions. So I said, let me just uh, host another show or do a couple more shows. And I'll be doing a couple more throughout this because people ask me more specific industry questions. So I'm, I'm reaching out to individuals like, the restaurant business and um, the fashion business to come come on and answer some of those more specific questions. But my guest today, Miss Erica, she'll be um, answering some questions in general about business. She'll be talking a lot more about herself as an artist, as an entrepreneur, and as a business owner. And um, she's going to answer a couple of those questions that a few of my guests have. If you have any questions, again, I'm going to give out the phone number, 443-642-9403. I think it's at the bottom of the screen as well on the left left side. Um, so today I had an interesting conversation about business, and I had a young lady who uh, started a, a friend of mine, actually. Well, I don't know if she's my friend anymore right now, but she started a her own uh, business making dinners. Um, and she asked me just a couple questions about advertising and I suggested that she go take her serve safe because, um, well, that's the, really the only thing outside of, you know, um, health code inspections that you will have to have um, and building inspections that you will have to have. But the most important thing is your serve safe certificate. You need that just like you need your business license. So you need the two of those. Those are the two things that you normally see hanging up and restaurants near like uh, the front door or somewhere near the kitchen or normally by the register, depending on what type of restaurant it is. And she, I think she just thought I was hating or didn't care, uh, but I suggested that she get the proper uh, serve safe certificate. Right now, there are a number, I, I teach serve safe and it wasn't, she didn't have to come to me, but I teach it and I have my own serve safe. So, but you can go online right now and there are tons of classes that are already uh, up and running. I'm not really running. I've been doing it for small groups, uh, but I, I really don't do it as much as I was before, but get your serve safe if you're starting a restaurant. It is very unsafe 
and against the law, actually, to start a business out of your kitchen. Um, there are plenty of rules and regulations, unless you have a catering business and they're a little bit more lenient and it will behoove you to really move into a more industrial setting. So you can be following, so you will be following the proper protocol and procedures to run in a restaurant. You're messing with people's stomachs um, and almost lives because there are a lot of special population people who may be allergic to certain things or not. And cross-contamination is a real thing. We've all had a case of cross-contamination poisoning at some point in our life, whether you left something out too long or it wasn't properly cooked to the right temperature or held at the right temperature and you get home and you feel a little nauseous. That's on the lesser side of it, but the more severe side of it is food poisoning. And that's a very uh, um, um, serious thing. And for somebody like myself who's had to have my stomach pumped because someone didn't do what they were supposed to do or something happened as an accident even in the kitchen, it is not a pleasant feeling. And it's not just a one-time thing. You feel it for the, a couple of days, almost up to a week uh, after having it done. And it's a little gross, it's a little, it's not necessarily painful as it is very uncomfortable. Um, and if some people can die from food poisoning, if you're giving them the wrong cross contamination and whatever. So my thing to you all, a lot of these restaurants and especially seafood places, as we are boycotting uh, this gentleman's uh, a lot, series of restaurants, seafood restaurants, a lot of seafood restaurants are popping up and you can just, you can get cross contamination with seafood easier than any other food. Like that's salmonella, not, not salmonella. I forgot what you call it when it's seafood, but you can get sick from improperly prepared seafood as well. And a lot of these dinners that are coming out of people's home. And it's one thing, I've eaten out of that friend's home. So I know she's a great cook, but it's one thing to have a little dinner party for a couple of your friends versus you feeding people who you never even met before. Um, so that's my spew on that. And I, I wanna now introduce our guest for today, Miss Erica. I don't wanna mess up your last name and I refuse mm -hmm. to do so. So I'm gonna let her introduce herself and tell us a little bit about herself. Sure. Um, well, thank you so much, Nate, for the opportunity to be on your show. Um, I really do love to talk about business. This is the first time I've ever done it publicly, mm -hmm. live broadcast. Um, but I'm excited. Um, my name is Erica Milankovic. Okay, um, it's okay. Serbian. Serbian. That wasn't name. what I was going to say. <laughs> yeah. So, and my husband is Sasha Milankovic, and we own um, a business called Pest Czar. So we are a pest control company. Uh, we have been in business since October 2013. So we've made it seven years, um, still going strong. Uh, typically, we've seen good growth year after year. Um, the pandemic put a little damper on things, but not too bad because um, we, we are considered an essential business, pest control. Um, and I do think it was important what you were saying earlier about doing things right when you are opening a business. Um, you know, we have to have our license, um, insurance, mm -hmm. you, you have to have general liability, workers' comp insurance, auto insurance. Um, we have certifications, even from third parties that aren't even required. It just helps add legitimacy to your business. Mm -hmm. um, anything can happen. Anything can happen. 
Yes. So um, as far as opening a business, um, we started from scratch. Uh, that was seven years ago. Um, we were able to begin out of our home. Um, pretty much all we needed at the time was a pickup truck that my husband bought and, um, you know, filling it up with our pest control materials. You can certainly run a pest control business out of your home. Um, right now, we do have an office in Towson. Uh, we have five employees, um, full-time employees, and um, three trucks, um, maybe actually four trucks if you wanna talk about Sasha's truck. Um, but yeah, the goal all the time is just to continue growing. Um, we do commercial, residential pest control, as well as termites, bed bugs, mosquitoes, wildlife. Um, and we service restaurants. Um, while we were talking about that topic, uh, we do service restaurants. And it's my understanding that restaurants are required to have pest control, like a pest control contract. I'm not so sure about catering people or um, mm -hmm that situation but if you're a legitimate um, brick and mortar restaurant um, you are required to have pest control that's just part of um, like health health, health. department mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so uh, I asked um, Erica to come on today because her and her husband uh, took a leap it's been about seven years yes about seven years ago, I remember when y'all was first starting up the business. I think y'all was in y'all first year. And just talking about some of the hurdles that come, some of the unexpected uh, things that come. And you all really did your research. Uh, and this is a very specialty field. Um, so you had to do a lot of research on um, just how to run a pest control business. Can you tell us a little bit about the work that went into you and your husband researching uh, the business? Sure. Well, I must say that I really feel like your experience and skills prior to opening the business is what's really mm -hmm. important. Um, Sasha had worked at a larger pest control corporation for about four years. And mm -hmm. um, so he knew what was required. He was trained, he had experience. Um, he knew how to be a pest control technician already. And when you work in a company, you learn a lot about the company while you're there, even though you, you don't know everything about all the positions. Um, and then for me, I, I, I have an artist background. I do have a bachelor's degree from MICA. I never expected to end up in pest control, but... <laughs> With, um, with the art degree, you still need to survive. I never was able to survive off my art. Maybe if I had tried harder or tried something different, maybe I could have made that happen. But a lot of times you still need some type of day job, um, which I was happy to do. I have other skills, you know, administrative skills, customer service skills. So um, I had plenty of um, experience with, scheduling customers. I had worked at center stage in the box office, um, mm -hmm. talking, talking to customers all day long. And then I had worked at a nonprofit after that, um, which was actually a, a really small nonprofit. Um, it only had 
five or six employees typically mm -hmm. while I worked there. And I actually learned a lot about um, that type of setting, a small business setting, even if it's a nonprofit, you're still learning how that works when you have so few people and um, not all the resources. So, um, so our experience was probably the most important thing that we had when we started. Um, research, definitely. I mean, you, you do need to learn the basics of um, what's required to open a business, um, you know, business license, um, the insurance really. And <laughs> you, you really go in a little bit blind um, yeah. when you're doing this because we didn't realize the auto insurance would be so expensive, for example. Um, like the auto insurance for a commercial vehicle, and this is just a pickup truck really, but if you're using it for a commercial use, the auto insurance is roughly about the same as your auto payment in oh, our wow. experience. In our experience, yeah. So um, because you need a million dollars of coverage in um, like for your vehicles, like yeah. they, they don't, if you're a business, they want to make sure you have a lot of coverage and that um, you are properly insured and, and you're mm. not gonna, you're not gonna hurt somebody or, you know, you, you have to have a lot of insurance. And um, a lot of people don't realize anytime you put commercial in front of a business need or resource or utility, it definitely hikes up the price uh, of anything that you're dealing with. Yes. So, um, as far as some other preparation, I would say we did look into like SBA resources, Chamber of Commerce resources. Um, there was a um, like a free business coach available mm -hmm. at the Chamber of Commerce. Um, right now during the pandemic, they're still offering, um, whether it's Baltimore mm -hmm. City or Baltimore County, maybe even some of the other counties, they're still offering some free mentoring and um, free business coaching. So it's good. It's good to go to those and take advantage of that type of learning and input from, from those people. But um, I would also say nothing completely prepares you for really, really getting into the business. Like it was suggested to us when we started, um, we went to the business coach and they wanted to see a business plan. And we have a plan, like, you know, the plan is we're gonna do, we're gonna we do go pest to control. Customers, and we go to service the customers. <laughs> yeah, of course, like that's the plan. Like we're gonna build it up and we're gonna advertise in a couple ways. And, mm. um, and, but even when we make the plan, it's still a little abstract to us. I mean, we've never yeah. done it before. So we can make the plan and they can give us feedback, um, but it's still not necessarily, they might not know your industry too well, or um, I mean, it, it's still very helpful to do, but it's nothing, it's not um, real preparation. A lot of times you just have to start the business and mm -hmm. hopefully have some type of support in some way. Like um, Sasha had started the business and I continued to work at my job for um, 
like nine months or so. I did not quit my job immediately when he started the business. Um, mm -hmm. you, you, you need to have a little bit of a safety net. And then once you feel like things are promising and that you really have learned what you're doing, then, okay, maybe I can quit my job and join you with this. Or sometimes if you don't have like a spouse or a family member to help you with just getting by, um, then it comes down to you, like maybe when you're starting your business, it's kind of, you're starting your business on the side, um, or, or maybe you're getting funding from Kickstarter, if that's the type of, of business that you're getting into, um, okay. you need to have something that's a little bit of a backup plan or a safety net before you go all in on the business. Um, it's, you know, the failure rate of businesses, unfortunately, is very high. Mm -hmm. um, so you, you do have to not, I mean, you have to believe in yourself a lot, but you, you do need to think about, um, is my plan going to work? You've never tested your business plan. So mm -hmm. who is backing you up? Um, or where are you getting like a little bit of cushion, um, to survive while you're testing your business. You don't know if it's gonna work. And I, I notice a lot of people, when they jump into a business, they don't take into consideration, what what past experience can I bring to this? Um, I see a lot of successful businesses that one, they started out doing that thing for somebody else, and now they're doing it for themselves. It makes it easier, but it doesn't take away all of the hurdles or obstacles in starting your own business. I see a lot of people who don't think about saving money for their personal life as well as for the business. Most times people just save, save towards the business or they save towards their personal life, not thinking of all the accidental costs that may come up like commercial driver's uh, insurance uh, on a car. Like we don't think about those things because a million dollar life insurance policy or policy, I'm quite sure, depending on how many cars you have, will add up eventually. Um, in, in terms of um, economic, uh, or I'll say more of the planning in terms of your personal, how, how are we gonna be able to balance personal while we're still building up our clientele? Uh, what went into the planning process for that? Yeah, um, I mean, we, we always, you do have to believe in yourself. You really do. I'm, I'm always going to say that too, but um, mm -hmm. you, you have to be a little realistic. Um, luckily, when we started the business, um, I mean, Sasha and I had both um, had, you know, we each had incomes prior to starting the business and no no kids prior to starting the business so we had that in mind like oh we can save some um we can save some because we're going to need it when we start the business and um and you know because we knew that we would have to buy a truck and so obviously that's one thing you need to save for but you you still need a little bit of cushion or at least somebody else who can, um, you know, maybe who you can live with or someone who's paying the bills somehow or helping you with your kids. Um, I, I have seen um, pest control 
business owners um, or entrepreneurs, I guess, and they're a one man show. Mm. And that is difficult. Um, I'm, it's not impossible, but to grow from one man is, can be really difficult in that mm. industry anyway. Like I had to, I did quit my job to help, to help our business because um, you, you have so much to do and, <laughs> and for someone to start from one person and um, if they're hustling and then, and then now they need to hire somebody, like, do they even have time to hire somebody? Do they even have money to hire somebody when all you're doing is hustling? So it's like, and I don't necessarily even recommend that you go into business with a spouse or a family member. Actually, a lot of people do not recommend that. <laughs> and I see that point of view. I, there are, you know, tough situations when you start working with a business partner or your family member, your spouse. Mm -hmm. um, but at the same time, okay, even if they're not working with you on the business, can you have somebody backing you up on, you know, basic living? Right, um, right. And, and I was also, a, a major reason I helped him with the business too is, um, I mean, I became a little bit like, you can't pay yourself too much usually when you're starting out. It's, it's really hard to pay yourself a good wage and then let alone hire someone else at a good wage. So it's kind of like in the very beginning, we were both willing to eke it out, like barely make it. Um, and, and you're not gonna find that, you know, hiring someone outside, you, you have to have some type of support yeah. in my situation anyway. I noticed, well, I've, I've always noticed, and that was advice that I was given, try not to work with family and friends, but I noticed some of the businesses that are family led work out the best because, you know, you don't necessarily have to pay them, you know, what is standard, you know, and you can get around some of the uh, financial uh, strain of having a payroll uh, when you don't have to pay family and they're just helping out to get you through. Um, I noticed some of those businesses thrive better because they have a bigger kind of jump start in the business and a lot of the bottom line costs aren't as big uh, or you know they're not paying multiple people. Uh, when did you to decide to hire on more help or what went into that decision and into hiring more help? Okay, yeah, that's a good question. Um, it was, okay, we started the business October, 2013 we hired our first person summer 2015 okay um summer is usually our busiest season um mm -hmm. and that's another thing to think about when you're starting a business what's you know how seasonal is your business um but we we hired someone and we were very naive <laughs> when we hired someone we have never never hired someone for our own business before, obviously. And um, I would say our first hire was a hiring mistake. Um, they did not last with us very long. Um, it, was, it was actually a little bit disruptive. Um, mm -hmm. And you know, they do say 
when you like if you make a hiring mistake it costs you x amount of dollars like there's some you know data out there of how much that costs you um i don't know if it was it was not a devastating hit for us but it did wake us up to the fact that we need to really figure out our criteria for hiring someone and we need to really set better expectations as like upfront what what standards do we have for this employee um because at first we were just so like grateful i guess that we had some help that we were not really um we were being a little loose on our standards for this person right. and um and we just wanted, you know, we wanted them to succeed and we wanted ourselves to succeed. So we really wanted to make it work. But um, you do learn things the hard way sometimes. Um, he could not meet like some of the basic standards. And some of the times we were like, oh, maybe, maybe we'll work around that. Um, but mm -hmm. you, you can't it's always, you. yeah, you have to, you know, have a different mindset than, um, but when we hired somebody, we did have luckily some cushion of money built up from the business at that time. Um, the workload had just gotten too much for Sasha to do by himself. Mm. So it was, it definitely was the right move and the right time to hire somebody, but we hired the wrong person, um, in the beginning. Um, but luckily they, I have also learned when you do that, you need to correct that immediately, um, whether that's, you know, getting them to start meeting the standards, communicating that more, or you need to, um, unfortunately, you know, start the process of, okay, in two weeks, I better see this improvement, or one month you have until, until like, we might need to let you go. Um, <laughs> I mean, you say it in, in other words sometimes, but that's like the plan that you have in your head. You give them a chance, you give them warnings and, um, but if it's not working out for you, you, you don't have any other choice as a business owner, but to, um, you know, you have to, you have to keep the good employees, but if, if there aren't, if there's someone that's not doing what you need, you, you do need to get rid of them too. And that's a lot of us implementing what we've learned in other environments. And, and for me, and as a performance artist, I made it my habit to learn every different detail of the theater and what the different jobs were, because I don't always get the role. So if I don't get the role, I could be the stage manager or the costumer or, but in terms of you opening up your own business, I then know how to hire people. I know how, I know what to look for when I'm asking for a lighting tech versus a stage manager. So we sometimes forget to bring those skill sets. Um, even if we watch them, you know, from a different perspective, bring those aspects to budgeting and hiring and firing. It's called the slow hello and the fast goodbye. Like don't don't let it belabor, just sever ties and it, you know, keep things moving. Uh, but in terms of now running a business in the middle of a pandemic. Mm -hmm. Some people compared it to, you know, like running a business in the middle of a blizzard or an economic crash. But what what happens when all of those elements feel like they're happening to you at once? We had an economic crash, a 
pandemic, a health crisis. We got some political, social issues going on. How do you then run a business in the middle of a pandemic? Yeah. Um, this, I mean, we are very fortunate as of now um, to be considered an essential business. Mm -hmm. I really had, none of us saw this coming. I mean, I can't believe how how hard this is on so many small businesses. Yeah. Um, I It's really devastating to think about hardworking people through no fault of their own, just not being able to make it. Um, for us, we were scared at first because we were not <laughs> we were not sure how many customers we were going to lose. Um, we luckily have a mix of residential and commercial customers, and within that mix, it's it's still like quite a diverse um, customer base. Mm -hmm. um, we had restaurants that we service, but. Um, that was not like the majority of what we do. Um, so we, we lost a certain amount of restaurant customers, or at least they say they, they are pausing their services with us. Maybe they'll come back after the pandemic. Um, but surprisingly, we lost very few residential customers. We really have stayed pretty steady. Um, and luckily for us with this type of industry, uh, the technicians are going to properties. Um, they're not around each other. Like there's not really uh, so much a requirement for all of our employees to collaborate together. Like we're not gathering anyway. Right. So we'll typically just have one person come out unless it's a bigger, yeah. bigger job. Yeah, so it's, it's nice that our, um, our industry was sort of um, prepared for this in a way because we, a lot of times we can service a property just by doing things on the exterior. And then if we do need to go into someone's property, um, we can wear a mask, they can wear a mask, we can stay six feet away. They can, they can leave the, their own building if they don't wanna be around us. It's not impossible to do our work um, in the pandemic. So luckily we did not take a very big hit. Um, and this is something I've noticed about pest control anyway, is it's such an in-demand industry and um, it's, it's just proving itself again to be a really solid industry where it can survive recessions and um, mm -hmm it can survive a lot of things because it's considered an essential business. And um, I mean, people really do need it. We have plenty of customers in Baltimore. Baltimore in particular has pest problems that we all know of. So um, we're doing okay. So at this point, um, and we're gonna, we're gonna uh, come back to a couple questions that I personally have, but um, as I said, I wrote down a lot of questions that I had been receiving so what I was doing was I was working with a lot of these individuals and trying to help them. But I'm I am a business owner and uh, I work, so I'm not an expert and uh, I help them as much as I was experienced to. But I had a couple uh, individuals that asked me questions. So I got my my handy book here. Mm -hmm. um, and the first question, I can't give the people's names, 
But if any of those people are watching at any point, um, definitely reach out to Sasha if, if, if you think she is an expert in your field um, and and we'll handle that appropriately. Um, or you can just message me directly again and we'll kind of help you research it. I'll help you research it. Um, the first question is, um, how do you handle, how, how do you, how do you, how do you suggest a small business handle? Um, right now we're in unemployment, uh, a biggest boom that this country has ever seen. Um, how do you handle those types of uh, situations when someone files for unemployment? Are you, um, because I haven't hired anybody to my business, so I haven't done any of the employment, unemployment insurance, but how do you handle that without getting in trouble? Sure. Well, um, prior to this year, we had never had any unemployment claims. Um, people were, you know, either they quit or they were fired by us, which means they're not eligible for unemployment. Um, this year, we did have a couple unemployment claims of um, uh, people basically not exactly feeling comfortable to work. Uh, um, I mean, for us, I, I'm, this is another new territory for me. I mean, we, we use a payroll company to make sure that, you know, everyone's paycheck has their deductions with the um, payroll taxes and the unemployment insurance comes out of everyone's paycheck. Um, we do have some unemployment claims right now and they are receiving unemployment. Uh, I, I, from what I understand that might make our in unemployment insurance rate go up. Like we as a company eventually might pay higher unemployment insurance. Uh -huh. um, to us, that's not a huge concern because um, it was also my understanding that there's gonna be some leniency this year for mm. business owners as far as what penalties are happening with the unemployment situation. Um, but this is actually a new area for us also. It's basically, they filed unemployment. We got a letter from the unemployment office saying that there's a claim. And now we're just being notified like, oh, they're, um, they're being paid this much a week. And if we wanted to, we could dispute unemployment claims. Um, but uh, for us right now, these particular claims, we're not, we're not really going to dispute it. Um, I, you know, they didn't feel comfortable and um, I, I don't have any evidence that I'm, yeah. I'm use against them or anything. I'm just. It's really unprecedented because you can't really in this, it's hard to really wiggle. Some businesses have outright disputed it, but thankfully there are businesses like yours who understand people's hesitation because mm -hmm. this is like a mysterious thing that we're going through. So you don't, you never know. And mm -hmm. in, in terms of uh, taxes, the next couple questions were about taxes. Um, how do you, I know you have an, a, a payroll company, but how do you keep up with your taxes? For example, for me, this was my first year as a complete contracted employee, meaning I was self-employed for a whole year. And I am used to, at the end of the year, doing my taxes and 
you know, I, if I owe something, it's very minuscule because I have other work. If I'm an artist, it kind of balances out in terms of my claims. But this was my first year, like getting that getting that lump mm -hmm. sum uh, that I owe, and it really took me aback. And so now I'm having to reorganize up into now July all of my receipts, all of my payouts, all of my income. Um, so I'm not stuck like I was this year um, with taxes. How have you been able to, or your company been able to keep up with your taxes? Yeah, that is, I feel, a huge blind spot for most people and mm -hmm. something that you don't really plan for in your business plan. Um, it's, it's mm -hmm. um, when we started the business, uh, we were introduced to a CPA, um, certified public accountant, tax person. Um, so we thought it was worth it to talk to this person when we started the business. And um, he kind of let us know how it would work at the end. I think he also um, kind of monitored our finances quarterly so that um, if he saw that something was going to need to be taxed, like, oh, maybe do it incrementally instead of all at the end. Um, but I, I mean, that's, it's hard for the average person to know how to handle taxes. Yeah. So it, it does cost some money to, to, to use a CPA, but um, I think it's worth it. It's, it's, most of us don't know anything about that. Mm nothing i'm 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 literally going to youtube university and speaking with an accountant now like it's i think it's one of as as a business owner often your personal taxes are i'm not gonna say they're easier but they're pretty cut and dry but in Definitely terms of being an entrepreneur it can be so hard was it hard for you uh and that's actually <laughs> another question as well was it hard for you to separate the business expenses and income from your personal income, like in terms of paying yourself or mm -hmm. keeping things separate when you were working and you all were starting a business at the same time, how easy or hard was it to separate the finances? Oh, okay. Yeah, um, so we, um, when we first started the business, it was suggested that, okay, you have a credit card that's exclusively for business expenses and, um, I don't remember at the very beginning if we had a separate, well, yeah, we did have a separate bank account for, um, you know, if people were writing checks to the business, they wrote the check to our business. It went in a business account mm -hmm. and that money paid, um, you know, our business expenses. Um, we would write ourselves checks from the business account and our accountant in the beginning would just kind of, um, monitor that a little bit and like make sure everything's cool um once you start to have employees that's when we got a payroll company um i absolutely was not comfortable trying to you know gain new skills on how to properly pay people and mm -hmm. learn, learn the payroll taxes i was not going to do that um so payroll company is very useful 
and um, bookkeeping, I, at first I was trying to, you know, teach myself QuickBooks, which was okay, but I was never on top of it, uh, like on a regular basis. I would always have to um, go back like four months and, you know, enter this. And I never even, I, I wasn't even sure some of the times if I was doing things right. So um, that is another thing that we, we did eventually get help with. I, we do have bookkeeping um, people and payroll people and um, the CPA tax person. Those are actually all three separate things. And um, the bigger your business gets, the more you need those three, payroll, um, CPA, and bookkeepers. And, and that's, it could be so daunting because you're like, all I wanted to do was just, and now you have all of these other components to the business that are just on the financial side of it that can be overwhelming for the individual who just wanted to do this or just wanted to have this. Um, how much How much now, because you said you really did not benefit as much from being a visual artist, how much of right now, all the experience that you've had over the last seven years, are you now thinking about how to now go at it as an artist or figure out that part of who you are? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, well, I've sort of realized, I mean, I, I always had considered myself a fine artist. I mean, I went to MICA and I was making very large scale abstract installations. And I did get to exhibit my work in quite a few galleries, but it was, I definitely noticed, I don't think anyone would pay for uh, work that they don't know how to install in their own home or, um, you know, it's thousands of dollars on top of that. They don't know how to take care of it or transport it. Um, so after being in business, I mean, I have had a few realizations like, oh, if you want to make art, maybe you do have to make something a little more commercially available or even mm. mass produced. Um, you might think that you're selling out as an artist or that is not, you know, that's not where you pictured yourself going as an artist. But I feel like um, if I ever considered getting back into some profitable art world, I would, um, I mean, you probably have to rely a lot on a good um, internet presence, whether you're using Etsy or your own social media, like you have to figure out how are you selling it? That's probably the first question you need to ask. Um, how are people finding you? What is so special about your product and you know how much is it costing the shipping the transporting i had never never thought about the logistical side of selling art um but now that i've been in business i can i i do think that um you know you have to really think it through from start to finish as far as um how are people going to use this in their home um, cuz i i have most of my art here in my house like no one's gonna 
buy it. Not not the way. I mean, I I haven't made a good attempt to find buyers anyway, which may have been something that I should have tried. Um, what buyers? What buyers would really be interested in something like this? It would have to be. Um, I would think maybe a commercial um, property like a hotel or a hospital or something might like my large pieces mm. that I have. But, um, you know, you have to think it through. I, I, I'll say, let me let me see what you work in with. And then let me think around because I've been working with museums lately. And as an artist, that's been one of my um one of my hurdles and how to then translate what I do to people who I don't necessarily know. And that's more so engagement and this uh, connecting, um, connecting other elements to what I do. So it becomes a experience and not just, let me go see this art. Do I want to buy it? Yes or no. And then figuring out how to then sell it to people. So. I think maybe we could talk and let me see what what your art was. I've seen you like sketch. I don't, it was one day where we were at a mutual friend's house and we were just working on art and I don't even know how we got to that point. And I don't know what we were creating for. I, I really don't know, but I saw you you creating and it you pretty cool. But I haven't seen your work yet. Thanks. Yeah, I, I think I vaguely remember that too. And yeah, I think we had, we were all working on some particular format of like a canvas board. Oh, yeah, yeah, I do. I do remember now. Okay. Thanks for reminding me. <laughs> it was the art show we were doing and we all had to create our own canvas print. But I'm always amazed at artists who, um, who create and it feel I feel bad sometimes because I've been that artist that just muscled through and I have a lot of friends who just feel like this not working and all that schooling like Micah isn't cheap and it's not easy to matriculate through that uh, Micah and I can only imagine feeling like you you did not do what you intended to do so um, I'm always willing to support artists and figuring out how they can maneuver through this because I'm learning it as I'm going along as well. And it's just, it's not a fine tune um, method and it really is person to person and it's just your engagement and how do you engage with an, an audience. Um, as a business owner overall, a lot of the questions that were kind of similar was what, <coughs> what, um, what uh, I'm trying to sum a bunch of them up together. What um, enjoyment or what fulfillment do you get out of being a business owner when when we in a pandemic or you're in a slow season or how, what keeps you going? What's your what keeps you and your husband going throughout all this? That is a very good question. Um, well. Both of us love problem solving and, you know, there's a lot of creativity to be had as a business owner. Mm -hmm. when, you when you encounter a problem, um, you might need a new strategy. You might need to, um, you know, change, change your customer service software or promote somebody or 
add, add duties onto somebody or, um, you know, look into some, something new. Um, I do really enjoy, I found that, um, books and, uh, just seminars, they don't even have to be the fanciest seminars, but, um, to, to feel like you're constantly growing and to feel like you are striving for a goal. Um, that is a, a rewarding aspect of being a business owner is that, um, you know, you have the opportunity every day to make changes to what you're doing and to overcome uh, whatever problems you're having. Um, so what keeps us motivated and encouraged um, when we get things right, it's, it's great to see when there's, you know, positive results. Um, we have a lot of positive reviews online. Um, I think we have a really good reputation. One of our employees has been working with us for four years. Um, he was one of our first hires. So after, after making a hiring mistake, um, we did, you know, hire a very good person. He's been growing year after year, and it is satisfying to see somebody learning and um, contributing more to your business. Um, but a lot of encouragement and motivation has to come from your own self and some of the time you don't have that in you and you need to look, that's why I like books. Um, you know, it's, it's really strange how I'll just, I bought like a little notepad with inspirational quotes and they used to mean nothing to me, but now I just read into it so deeply, like, you know, how, how to be happy <laughs> like, like how to reach your goals. Like, um, you know, you really have to find some way to keep yourself encouraged because even when, you know, we've been in business seven years, we're going to make it through this pandemic. Um, we should at all times feel happy and grateful for that. But being a business owner is constantly, you know, trying to push yourself. And there are times even in good moments where, you do feel discouraged or you, you don't know what you're going to do next. Right. So you, you do need to have um, some like outside coaching a little bit, like even if it's free seminars or YouTube videos or books from the library, you have to have some positive new ideas, um, both for your life and for your business. You have to replenish yourself and, and, get new positive ideas all the time. Are you, um, where do you see your business in the next seven years? Good question. I mean, we always wanna grow. So um, one thing that we had heard is, oh, if you have a, a pest control business, then in 10 years, it should be a million dollar, like it sh you should be getting a million dollars in revenue per year. So I think that's possible maybe, like in our 10th year, maybe we can reach a million dollar mark. Um, in the next seven years, that would mean our business would be in business for 14 years. Um, 
I mean, I just feel like we always want to keep expanding where our um, our reach in Baltimore and the area. Um, we could potentially, you know, start moving into like DC territory if we wanted to. Mm -hmm. um, there's like pest control does have a lot of opportunities and ways to expand. Um, so whether that's just adding more customers, um, expanding your region, um, even, even developing, if we wanted to try something like that, you could consider trying to develop your own um, like pest control products or, um, or you know, a, a brand new idea, like can you, can you do little delivery kits with like rodent control devices and like instructions do people want that like we've seen we've seen some um companies actually trying that out so okay. like can you you know this you can think outside of the box all the time as far as any business goes so um just staying adaptable and you you always have to grow um, for your own benefit and for the benefit of the business. You just have to keep um, thinking of how to add more and get get more for your business and your customers. Is that how you are um, kind of inserting your creativity into the business? Thinking of different ways to market and brand and product develop. Yeah, I would say, I mean, I, I sort of consider myself a versatile individual. Um, I mean, I loved my experience at MICA and I still make art a little bit anyway for myself. Um, but I've had so much experience in other settings now um, that I, I do enjoy, you know, running a business for its own sake. Sometimes I don't necessarily make the connections of um, like, oh, me being an artist, because I don't do that much of, um, you know, I could potentially do some photography for our social media or for our website, or I could, maybe I could have designed the logo, but um, I don't do that really because that's not that's not what I did. That's not what I show in galleries and things like that anyway. So um, I guess I am a little compartmentalized as far as mm. how I view how I view the business and how I view my art. But I know I have a variety of skills, um, a variety of experience, and I enjoy. Um, that I enjoy planning and problem solving and strategizing. Um, that's always been a part of me anyway. Um, and that's kind of what, what we do when we're operating a business. So I'm now I'm in my mind thinking like, what? I want to see her work now because I'm thinking of uh, this pandemic has brought out and forced me to be creative in ways that I wasn't always comfortable with being creative. And it's just given me so many different ideas to um, expand the business. So I'm really thinking about how to um, grow um, 
as an artist and, and kind of super exceed even what my expectations for my, my creativity is. So I'll be interested to think like maybe we can do something small, something small as a, a art a collaboration. So I'm always thinking of those things. We're kind of um, coming to the end of the interview with uh, Erica. So I want to ask, you know, what are your social media? Um, what are your, um, what are your, uh, how do how we find you on social media, your website, all those things? Sure. Well, we do have a Facebook page um, for our business. It's, um, I mean, if you search for Pest Czar, uh, Czar is C-Z-A-R. And then our website is pestzar.com. Um, that's pretty much where we're at, really, the website and Facebook. Um, otherwise, if you wanted to email me for any reason, anybody can email me at erica, E-R-I-K-A, at pestzar.com. Um, I'm happy to talk to anyone that has additional questions. If anyone, you know, is looking for um, somebody to talk to outside of uh, the radio show. I mean, I can answer questions if if people um, think I have any knowledge. <laughs> but you have um, plenty of knowledge. <laughs> I I have some knowledge. I might be able to help a little bit. So um, yeah, I'm I'm always I always feel happy to talk to people that are interested in business and. Um, if you know you're looking for some type of mentor, I never really thought I could get into some type of mentor status, but um, I can I can help. I can guide people if they if they feel like I have information that that they could use. So this has been an awesome conversation. Um, and the next time you see Erica, we may be talking about our collaboration. You never know in this strange world. I wish you and your husband and your family uh, much success um, and many blessings. And and I know, you know, this pandemic is crazy, so we don't know where it's going to take us now. So I really uh, just pray over your family, pray over your business and make sure that you all continue to thrive throughout this. Um, and thank you for coming on the show. Um, and you're always welcome to come back whenever you have a tidbit of information you want to share with. All right. Well, I so appreciate it, Nate. I'll be praying for you as well. We all need it. Um, and I really thank you, all the listeners there. Uh, it's been a really great experience. I hope you got something from it. Always, always. So go get some mommy time while you got some free time and enjoy your hour of peace. <laughs> thank you. I will do that. <laughs> thank you so much. All right. Uh, thanks, Nate. So for the next uh, couple minutes, um, you probably can just log off. It's not okay. going. Um, but thank you all uh, for continuing to support the Artist Exchange. I have to say that first and foremost, if you want to call into the show, 443-642-9403. Um, I wanted to start some type of conversation with businesses because I see everybody has been tagging me. and. Um, Bringing, um, bringing me like I, one of my friends, she does uh, bracelets. So she sent me a couple of uh, bracelets. I have a lot of uh, uh, family members and friends that have started uh, restaurants or they are expanding their restaurants. They've been 
um, asking me to test things out for them. Um, and I'm not here to squash anybody's dream, but I just want to make sure that we're making the best decisions for our businesses as somebody who's made plenty of mistakes um, in terms of starting uh, two separate businesses. Um, I want to be someone who is just offering as much insight and much understanding as we possibly can. And um, often the financial side is normally the side that we're not prepared for um, or we don't prepare enough for. And that's not a general statement, it's just from what I've seen. Um, so really, um, and the incident that I brought up earlier, it wasn't to bash her and I, you know, we had an extensive conversation afterwards and I still don't think she got it. Um, and I, I couldn't help but to be honest because I don't want to promote a business and you haven't done the proper steps and the processes to get your business um, up and running. I'm all for helping and supporting. I've been supporting a lot. Uh, I hope I can write those things off. Monique, can I write those support, <laughs> all those uh, Uber Eats that I've been having? Can I write them off? But um, I've definitely been... Um, supporting i don't mind as long as you was eating them while you were working i was if you were eating while you were working then that's an expense so i have to look at every monday and friday every time okay (laughs) i got you that's four months worth of mondays and fridays you know that right (laughs) but uh you know even um now that you're online Mm. uh uh (laughs) In terms of starting a business, because Be Exposed is a business, whether people believe it or not, Ronnie um, has been, been in business for a number of years. From some of the stuff that me and Erica were talking about, right now, can you see this explosion of business? And like, what do you suggest people do to prepare financially versus I got a couple of dollars, let me start this business? What do you think or suggest that we would do? Um, and making it work financially. Hmm. One thing I always suggest, what I I would always suggest is that you have a sound business plan, meaning that your business plan isn't just for this year. Your business plan needs to be for this year, next year, and probably the three years ahead. Because you need to think ahead, even though you're going to be coming up with new ideas and changing your pattern, but it's best to have a business plan that keeps you on a path. Right. Because the financials, it it plays a big role, but you need to plan your financials as well because you need to see when your margins aren't being reached. See, as an artist, that it was hard for me to think about those things Mm -hmm. in a business plan because when Mm -hmm. you are the product, Mm -hmm. it's kind of hard to... Well, it was hard for me to plan ahead. But it, uh, well, product. let me change that thing. Not a business plan more per se, because a business plan is important if you're going out for a loan. Mm-hmm. More so a goal sheet. You need a goal okay. sheet. What are your goals? What are your mm-hmm. objectives to, to oh, making okay. your business a, a success? Mm-hmm. If you have that written down and you have something to follow along with, and as you right. make your deviations... Because it can change. Or it, grow, it will change. Or... It's not can. It will change yeah. because you're you're going to come into some things that you have on your business plan that you can't quite afford. That's one one of the problems. Or you may become into a situation where you have a COVID-19 that happens that's going to take you on another path like us. Our, devi- our deviation from the plan is that we're not in studio anymore, but we still got a boatload of rent to pay. <laughs> 
but we are still effective as that, in we had to deviate our plan. Implementing things that will give you kind of a cushion. Like if we mm-hmm. wasn't doing video, this would be horrible for right. us. Right. Exactly. Because then we would be it completely shut down. Horrible. Or yeah. if you didn't have any understanding or if we didn't have the capabilities, it just would be very hard for us to adapt right. to this. I've seen many people that just in four months they just haven't opened up their business. Mm-hmm. Whether it's online, they have a brick and mortar or not. Some people just didn't know what to do. And True. it took them a couple months to see other people doing what they would be doing for them to get it started. Mm-hmm. So I'm getting a lot of questions as to how we maintain in a station like this. And it's obvious if you look at it, but many people just don't know what to do. And that I think right now we're seeing a lot of clothing businesses pop up, a lot of restaurants pop up. The interesting part about that is that I would not tell anyone in this year. I mean, in that is a great question. No, no. What what you said, how are we still maintaining? Yeah. Because yeah. that's not that's not something I would share right off the front. Not that it's something negative or or it wouldn't well, be a negative situation. It's just right. not common knowledge right now. And that's not something that we will be trying to teach right now because this is to our right. benefit that we can right. continue. And to right. share that knowledge is nothing that's something that I would do right now. <laughs> yeah, and it's not it's not like for me I would never share our mm-hmm. company secrets but it's more so yeah a year later businesses because they see other people doing right it, versus is this a business for you can you roll with the punches mm-hmm. when it it's just not like this hasn't too. been a full time for us because in terms of certain aspects of our business we haven't been able to do those things because we can't get out Right. But we've been able to maintain the fundamental part of our business, which is talk radio and mm-hmm. talk, talking right. to each other and guests. Exactly. Uh, but my, my point was, like, even to my friend, starting a business because you see other people doing restaurants and everybody is a big field right now. You don't realize what a lot of them had to do. A lot of them had clientele before this. Mm-hmm. You know, many of them had brick and mortars before this. So that's why they are able to switch over to a Grubhub or something like that right off the bat. You know, mm-hmm. you just starting something out your kitchen. I'm not saying it won't work because we we both know people who are doing catering companies out of their business, out their homes. But they have a, a quality to their business. I right. wouldn't just start something because you see it working out for everybody else. But again, like like she said, uh, Erica said, there there mm-hmm. are downsides. Well, no, that was actually what you said. There are downsides to doing that out of your home, mm-hmm. it, meaning it's that you can't get you can't downside. get liability insurance out of your home. Right. So get somebody sick at that point that you doing something in your home, trying to sell meals and stuff like that. You yep. get somebody sick. Yep. What are you going to do? That's the question. What are you going to yep. do? Because you got to pay for them bills, you got to pay for them hospital bills. They might come mm-hmm. at you, come at you for damages. And, and that, that was is... that's what my perspective to her was because I I teach the serve say so I know what it takes. It'd be nothing for me to help her pass mm-hmm. the test, but right. you have to go get the exam, go take the exam, mm-hmm. like because those things you have to have insurance when dealing with food in right. general. This uh, business is out, you know, you need the to business period. All businesses should have this uh, the yeah. liability insurance, period. Mm-hmm. And, and I even, you know, since we've been doing the show from home, I had to contact my renter's insurance right. just to make sure my work supplies, like my jewelry stuff, all, all that stuff is being covered mm-hmm. under my plan because you don't want anything to happen. And 
you know, I'm investing in, you know, supplies and jewelry things and new. It's just that, that factor too that you know that, that I always tell people that slip slip on your steps mantra because that goes mm-hmm. for your home, it goes for your business. If somebody right. slips on your step, you're responsible for them their injuries. Yep. Period. Yep. Whether they're and at your I'm, house or not. <laughs> and I and I understand because in my twenties is when I started both of my businesses, and I I didn't really see the significance. Like I started selling jewelry out, you know, from the community center at my college. Mm-hmm. So I wasn't thinking about no damn business license or anything like that until it got to a point where, you know, I realized how much was coming in from that and, and understanding my bills and separating the, the money from this money. And a lot of these things are things that sometimes you just got to sit down and there are plenty of small business associations in Baltimore mm-hmm. that some of them charge, some of them for free, some of them are membership based that you can, you know, go to to get the basics of what you're needing, but that financial side will get you into a lot of right. trouble for no reason at all. I don't know if you heard me, but I was trying to jump in there on that conversation when she was talking about the mm-hmm. CPAs and stuff. And I was getting ready to tell her, I was like, well, that's his fault because <laughs> he, he works directly say? with an accountant and it don't make sense <laughs> that he got all these questions. Say that again. That you work directly with an accountant, and oh, you me? have all these qu- you, you, you. I'm pointing at my screen and pointing at you. No, what? No, <laughs> so what had happened was I had a guest on, and I think it was like my second show, and we were talking a lot about business. Mm. And from that, people started asking me questions as if I was the like a top expert. Mm-hmm. So I was helping people, but when I ran, I know Erica, so when I got her to come on the show. I was like, well, I have these questions that people were asking. Some of them, most of these questions, I've already made the mistake. <laughs> so it's, it's just me fixing things. I like, know we just recently talked about it. That's what's so funny. Right. So <laughs> me trying to be, an, uh, not trying to be, because I've been an entrepreneur since I was 23. So me trying to figure those things out, again, like I said, I've always, even with me being an entrepreneur, I always maintain a W-2 job. So when you do that, sometimes the stuff that you're spending over here cancels itself out so you don't owe anything. So I kept breaking even because I was doing all these shows and getting paid and the jewelry and all those things. A lot of stuff was breaking even because I had the W-2 job and I was balancing. Right. But a lot of these things like working for myself for a whole year with no other types of jobs or you know income coming in, I made the money. I was able to replace the regular job but i didn't know how to figure out the taxes and i always had a partner who handled those things and now that i don't have that partner it's like oh you you on your own doing this so now i had to figure that out but it's a lot of those things that we we take for granted but like it's like starting a brick and mortar the moment you have a business that's commercial utilities mm-hmm. that's commercial bge commercial you know, water, commercial, mm-hmm. all those things. Like she was saying, the insurance. You have to have a certain level of insurance sometimes, but mm-hmm. we don't know that. So that's you just thinking that all I got to do is just pay for supplies and you know rent, and I'm good. Mm-hmm. No, mm-hmm. baby, you gotta that BGE at your business ain't gonna be like the business mm-hmm. BGE so at you your got home. Payroll tax, especially if you start hiring people. You got payroll tax. 
And you got your own income tax and as sales much as I tax. I want help right now. I can't. I can't afford it right now. Mm-hmm. I really. I just can't. And I be one like I hire people like on case by case basis, so I'm able to pay people. But just to have somebody on, and she mm-hmm. was when we were talking before, like she's been able to pay her full time employees throughout all this because they are essential. Mm-hmm. A jewelry business is not essential. You know, we've made radio essential. You know, one of the we, biggest questions that I like to ask people that own businesses is, have you been able to cut yourself a check? Mm-hmm. Because but, that's the one, that's one of the biggest things that employers are also, not able to do. They're not able to cut themselves a check. But see, most business owners, they find a way or they make a way to cut themselves a check. Right. But they, they have one t- account or... They're just dipping into the business account. Right. But see, that's not the legal way to do it. That's the that's the problem. That's why I'll never say that to people. Don't be dipping into the business account to pay for your stuff. Unless you actually wrote yourself a contract saying that. Yeah. Because you got to clear up that legality because you don't want to get audited and they be like, okay. I need to see your bank statements. And then all your bank statements say you took out $200 here, you took out $200 here, but you never reported that back saying this is for this. <laughs> I, I remember having a business and that's how I knew Jana was my best friend. <laughs> because I, I made the mistake. I had an account. I had a personal account and a business account at the same bank, which is a mistake. Mm-hmm. Don't do that. Separate, start a business account somewhere else or start your personal account somewhere else. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I I took, I went to New Orleans one Christmas and I took the business card versus my personal card. Mm -hmm. And I was swiping, just the swiping and the swiping and swiping away. Now, I had enough to be able to carry it over, but I was just a swiper and did not think that you were in and the wrong when I account. realized it, I was like, oh, yeah, I can, you know, I'm good. The bank put a hold to it because you own a business account. And it's not used to having that kind of activity. Thing. Right. Mm-hmm. So I didn't, but, and that's how I found out that I was brought, because I didn't even, the cards were the same. It wasn't like one looked like a business card or not, but I was just a swiping. And when they cut the card off, that's how I realized it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, no, what am I going to do? Uh, I was like, oh, I'll just pay it back. And I remember Jana chewing me out like, this is the business account. You can't do that. Mm-hmm. Like, you have to justify every one of those purchases now. Right. Even if you put the money back in, now where's that money coming from? Mm-hmm. Why is that money being put in into place? And I was like, man, this is too much. It's, it was too much, but you, if you want to be a business owner, a lot of the the checks and balances, things that you got to figure out, you got to sacrifice. You may you may be broke as hell in your personal life and got a couple thousand, couple million over here. You cannot just write a arbitrary check to yourself. Like it just you cannot. Those are things that I had to learn the hard way. I knew how to make money. I was not, and I'm getting out of the phase of not being good at spending money. But I'm not, I was, I know how to make it, but I had to learn and mm-hmm. I didn't have money that, at that time. <laughs> well, actually I did. I did. <laughs> I should have said something then. <laughs> that was the last time I went to New Orleans. I was just a swiping and a swiping. And, but 
again, um, you could have wrote yourself. Yeah, I mean, just in case anybody else is going through that and they are and they are, you know, they want to replace that money that they mistakenly taken out. You can they stole. They did the stole. You can say right, right, right. That you 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 yeah. That's called misuse of funds. It is called misuse of funds. But what you could have done is wrote in your uh, to remedy it because you knew you made a mistake. So it was a mistake. Mm -hmm. So what you could have done is wrote in yourself an expense report and reported those okay. funds back in that you're going to reimburse okay. them back in. Okay. And that's how you so, clear up But that. see, those things are now, as we're talking to, you know, you have to just, even if you can't afford, uh, you know, uh, accountant to mm -hmm. be on, you know, on your payroll, there are small business associations and there are like, there are credit clinics and, and mm -hmm. um, places that artists can go to for free legal advice and mm -hmm. that's one of the services that they offer also accountant and just because uh, but, you don't see the tax preparers out all year yeah. round they are still working and if yeah. you just look up a tax preparer or a tax accountant that you know you can get you can they'll sometimes they'll do free consultations and you can ask them questions mm -hmm. or something like that and some of them have plans where just yeah. because you can't pay their fee monthly for them to do your books mm -hmm. you can get a 15 dollar a month plan where they'll take a look at your finished books Right. That you have come up with and tell you what you've done wrong. And don't simply until you get the hang of it, don't rely on a lot of these apps mm -hmm. and softwares because the software is built to just give you an answer. And the reason and, and I'm glad you said software, because the reason why I said that QuickBooks actually has consultants on staff. Mm -hmm. So when you get a QuickBooks product oh, and you actually buy and you actually buy the product and not yeah. take somebody else's license, you can yeah. actually use their services and, and they'll charge you a small fee. Yeah. So that's terrible taxes that's like that too. That I did this time because when I did I did my taxes on my own. I'm never doing that again. I'm I'm just not. Um just maybe I'm gonna pay money to do my taxes, <laughs> but I'm not. And just in case you want a free resource, credit karma. They offer yeah. free tax advice as, as well while you're doing your tax because yeah. you know they have a tax service too and it's free yeah, you can do your taxes and yeah. it's free and they have actually um, tax advice um, a tax advice line while you're doing your taxes or why if you have questions and stuff like that you can go well the business online. side certain parts of it is free but if like you want to do your federal taxes that's when they start charging you or oh that must have changed because it's always been yeah. free. Well, it's they're not supposed to charge because they're not profit. Credit Karma is free. Oh, oh okay, but right. Some of the financial services. Oh, no, no, yes. You did, if you're calling them and you need questions, X, you will have to pay something right. because that's, that's a why service. I said don't rely on these softwares mm -hmm. until you get a hang of it because most times they're free up into a certain point. Right. That's why I mentioned QuickBooks because QuickBooks, once you purchase the product, you do have access to support. It does cost. But you have it's access like to support and too. you can ask them questions. Yeah. So that's what um, I am working with now. Mm -hmm. uh, I did the QuickBooks because it came. I got like a free uh, trial. And I'm as I'm inputting all the expenses, I'm trying to like, well, I should just do this for the year. Mm -hmm. It's a lot cheaper than me having to get that big lump sum uh, fee at the end of the year. Uh -huh, and it's like, bill. yeah, and it's. The tax people, they don't care. They don't care if you on your deathbed. They want their money. Right. And, and that, which is why it's great it. to get familiar with your tax person because then they will yeah. care. They'll stop you in advance. They'll mm. tell you that you're doing something wrong. They'll tell you right. that your tax payment is late. 
That's why I said it's, it's, it's a bunch of accountants out there that will take the time and give you a plan and help you with a plan. And then they'll charge you a monthly fee where they'll tell you your tax bill is getting ready to come due. Can we go ahead? You know, can we go ahead and get this filed? Yeah. You know, your payrolls is taxes due. Can I go ahead and get your 941 prepared for you? They, they offer those kind of services where you don't have to pay that, uh, that fee to have mm-hmm. them on staff basically, but you can have yeah. a plan mm-hmm. because they got to survive too. A lot of accountants don't work every single day. Right. And they'll, and if you like what I've found with somebody who is willing to work with me now, so we're mm-hmm. bartering some part partially and then I'm paying for the rest, but, you really, it's really significant because now that I'm, you know, not as 20 something anymore, <laughs> I'm, I'm thinking about, you know, like I want to move. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm researching Canada and stuff and I want to move. And I'm thinking, you know, am I going to get another job to be uh, able Canada to jump like me. this? Or, you know, I'm, I'm trying to figure things out financially before I get to as old as money is. I mean, I'm not going to move from here to move to Canada. I, the temperature is worse. I mean, the the climate is worse. Like, why would you move somewhere out from somewhere that gets cold to somewhere that's colder? I don't yeah. mind cold. I don't, especially if Mm-mm, I can work too many clothes remotely. I, I don't mind cold. I really don't. I I say cold over hot any day. I really do. Like. I, See, I like hot with AC, so I'm good. I like hot with AC. I don't like sweat, so that ain't gonna work. For me. I don't well, I'm like not sweating in AC. Hopefully, that's why it. That's that has been my biggest hesitation with New York, because when New York is cold, it's cold. When right. it's hot, it it's is hot because it's humid and all them steam. Yes, things. and I can't. I can't do that. <laughs> And Canada, you know, where I'm looking at Toronto and Quebec, they have seasonal, but it's cold more than it's hot. But I can deal with Vancouver is nice, too. I love Vancouver. As long as it's not like blizzard every day, I can deal with it. I don't know what it does. I mean, because that's over top of Washington. So it might blizzard up there in Vancouver. Yeah. But you got access to Van. You got access to what? The reason why I say Vancouver, because you have access to Washington and California from there. Yeah, and that's a, um, so that's why I was I was looking either my entryway on the West Coast mm-hmm. or my entryway through New York. So that's where I was I was kind of balanced. Like if I stay um, if I stay in that part of Canada, then I can get to New York in a couple hours versus you know staying somewhere where I don't. And I'm I've really been looking at out of country. I've been looking at. Um, mobile homes, tiny mobile homes. Like I, I really want to. I, I basically have lived in my room for four months now, and it's not really bad. I walk over to the bathroom, I walk over to the kitchen, and then I'm back in my room. So I think I can really, I can survive like that. I'm, I'm thinking. Um, I found a couple like. They have tiny home hotels. Mm-hmm. So I've researched a couple of them. And once this kind of gets under, you know, some type of control, I am going to go visit um, those places and want to do it. That's going to be my home that I'm driving by. 
when you see me. Here's hoping we can get under control because mm. I I think once we get Trump out, we'll get it. That's gonna get under control until January twentieth. That's all I know. That's that's what I'm saying. But and that's um because we're already at month basically the month seven is over. Mm-hmm. That's what I say. I, I, here's what I hope happens. You know, once Biden is declared the winner, uh, yeah. fingers crossed, um, on Jane on November the third, once he's declared the winner on November the third, that he just gets off, he just takes off running. I'm in government now. I'm going to start de- making you know this happen. I mean, I hope that that's. I mean, and I hope throughout this, him and his team are doing that, mm-hmm. like creating that reentry strategy for mm-hmm. us because he. I mean, he has. He's gonna have a lot of support. He's gonna have Obama. Mm-hmm. He's gonna have Bush because Bush is even voting for Biden. Yeah, he got Bush all the past presidents, all the living past yeah, presidents. So he's gonna have a lot of support in that. I mean, if he need to get him a job, get the asses a job. Mm-hmm. Carter, you got Carter, yeah. Bush, and Obama, all the yeah. past, living past presidents. I was and, shocked and that Bush came out publicly and say who he was voting for. But if Bush is coming out saying that, then we definitely mm-hmm. need to get it back in order or something but i hogan I think, hogan actually virtually he virtually said it too he was beating around the bush but he virtually said it too when he was on um uh state of the union yesterday hogan, but hogan he, yeah. for, <laughs> he wouldn't come out and say it but he was like uh well you know when you start beating around the bush yeah. you, we already see, know I what your decision is with that. my problem with these senators and like why can't you just say you don't want him there no more? Mm-hmm. It's not. It's not going to ruin anything. You're not at this point. Like, what do we? Him. What do you have to lose, really? At this point, it you already crazy. wrote a book about him talking about what the bad job he did. So why wouldn't you just you you know come on out and say it now? At this point, we but don't I care for you. We. I mean, we're not going to vote for you ever. So, right. <laughs> so cut that out, right? <laughs> But you're making it. I mean, out loud. I think you're going to be. Is this his second term? This is his second term, isn't it? Didn't he win again? Well, yeah, he did. So this is his second term. I can't even remember who was the governor before him. I we we did that before, and we could not think about. I can't even remember who the governor was before him. It wasn't. You said it was Ehrlich, right? Oh my gosh, I don't know. We did. We went through. Well, I remember us going through this, and I just can't. I, mean, I, I can't thought remember. it was early. Was no, it man? wasn't a Republican. It was a Democrat before him. It was? I just can't remember who. I mean, the other the other man that ran for president, I can't even remember his name. The one that was there was Sheila Dixon and Stephanie. It was O'Malley. O'Malley was before O'Malley. Him. Yeah. O'Malley was before. Him? Yeah. So Ehrlich was mayor then. Ehrlich was mayor from 2003 to 2007. Okay. I mean, he was governor from 2003 to 2007. And uh, O'Malley is 2007 to 2015. So this is his first term. I don't know if he'll be elected for a second. This is his second term. This is first. You sure? Yeah, four years. He was elected in 2015. Well, he, replaced, he replaced O'Malley. He was elected the same year. He, 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 asshole was elected. No, that's the second term because he was mayor before that. Who? No, governor. I mean, he was governor before that. Who? Who are you talking Hogan. about? Hogan. Hogan has been governor since 2015. This is his first term. So did he replace him? Did he replace who? 
he didn't he replace O'Malley? No, like O'Malley ended his term was up. That's when he started running for president. This is confusing. <laughs> O'Malley started running for president in 2015 as his term was coming to an end. You only get two terms as governor in Maryland. So but I, I could have sworn this was the second term though. Nope. First. I thought it was the second too. It seemed like it feels like it. I don't like this. It is it's just between social I mean and I don't know if Yes, I remember because he got he became governor. And now if you I can remind you, he became governor right when Freddie Gray happened. Okay. Okay. I for some reason I I could have swore when when Trump was coming in, that was his second term. No, he was already in office when Trump came in. He had started his maybe term in twenty fifteen. Maybe that's why I'm thinking that was his second term. Yeah. So that's probably why I'm thinking. But yeah, I I need a change. Like I, I don't know how true these this um story is about Social Security, him wanting to wipe it out. Um the fact that you you cut off the CDC's uh connection to these hospitals and getting mm-hmm. the numbers out. Mm-hmm. I, I don't I Stuff like that, and people are now afraid that he's not going to want to leave office if he loses. When he loses, he actually said it. He he said he'll decide then. But I again, I, I again, I don't think the problem with that scenario is I don't think Secret Service was staying for it. Yeah. So you know, that's their job. Their job is to escort the, the the outgoing president out. And to escort the new president in. Oh, I could see them pulling his arms. Oh, I could. I could see. see I could see them dragging him. Like, yeah, yes. you. Sorry, sir, but you you have to go. Because they still have to serve. You know, they he still gets a detail after you after your president, because right. you're now a former president. And you just see Melania walking out like this. <laughs> she already gonna be gone. That chick ain't staying. She knows she leaves. She's yeah. out. And the yeah. divorce papers probably gonna be sitting on the desk when she leaves. Right. She probably already got them right now. She I know she waiting. got them. I, I know she has them. She's ready. She's waiting for election day. She said, I'm already, I, I've got my complete term as first lady. I'm good. I'm out. That's it. But I think she's been contracted to be his wife. I don't... <laughs> he bought her. Like it's not even a contract no more. He bought her. <laughs> from from um Shacksville or whatever. Right. I just, I just, need, I just need people to... If, even if you're a Republican at this point, I need the truth to come out. I need for you to be truthful, to be honest, to be a citizen of this country and realize this man is ruining our relationship with every foreign country, with every international organization. It's across the board. Mm-hmm. There's no way. There's no way we can maintain another four years with him. Mm. He will all be working in sweatshops mm-hmm. if he wins this year. And it's, we really have to figure out how to um, get by. But whew, this has been the Artist Exchange Radio Show. And I don't know how I got to this point, but uh, we'll be back on Friday at 5, 5 p.m. the same time on Friday um, with our history series with myself and Curtis. Um, Curtis Gorham. Check him out on Instagram. 
uh, YouTube, Facebook. He has a single coming out, um, uh, New Vibrations. So that's definitely check him out. Um, and just pray. Make sure, make sure you get your ballot information, all that stuff taken care of so there's no whammies come November. And we can just smoothly just get him out of this course. So this has been another edition of the Artist Exchange Radio Show. Possibly tomorrow we'll have talked lately with Monty. You know, I don't know how that's going to be. But, um, yeah, peace out. You might as well let July go.